Hello and welcome to the Garden History Podcast. My name is Adverley Richmond and I'm a garden, landscape and social historian. In the following episodes, I'm going to be taking you through my A to Z of garden history based on the people, plants, places and features which you might find in and around the subject of garden history. Today is the letter D for Darby Arboretum. In the mid-19th century, early public parks reflected the great Victorian interest in the study of all aspects of the natural world. One of the earliest public parks was the Derby Arboretum, which was created for a city that had been expanding rapidly as a result of industrialisation. Similar to a lot of other industrial towns and cities, Derby had very little common or wasteland available to the working classes for any sort of recreation. As a result, the cotton manufacturer and philanthropist Joseph Strutt decided that he wanted to give something back to the workers who had been the foundation of his family's vast wealth. And so he gifted an area of about 11 acres to his fellow citizens of Derby, specifically for the creation of a public park. So in 1839, Joseph Strutt commissioned the renowned horticulturalist, author and landscape designer, John Claudius Loudon, to design the new park. Loudon had a keen interest in town planning and had spent much of his life campaigning for increased social mobility through education and better living conditions, as well as improved air quality for the country's poorest inhabitants. And you will come across his equally talented wife, Jane Webb Loudon, who is the subject of the letter L. Now, back in 1804, John Loudon had written earnestly about breathing zones in the neighbourhood of densely populated towns and cities. So when Strutt's commission came along, he positively jumped at it. Also, Since 1832, Loudon had been strongly advocating his garden-esque style of planting and this new commission gave him the opportunity to put it into practice. The garden-esque style encouraged the planting of trees or shrubs as individual specimens to allow them to develop their natural character without nearby competition. This particular style of garden design was promoted by the large quantity of new plants coming in from all around the world. And therefore, exotic specimens such as palm trees could be planted in splendid isolation to be admired and coveted by the masses. The proposed site for the Derby Arboretum was quite small and relatively flat with no distinctive outward views. And so Loudon very cleverly created a series of sinuous earth mounds varying in height between 6 and 10 feet on which the plants were to be placed. These earth mounds were created throughout the site in order to conceal the park's boundaries and they also screened any people who might be walking on the other paths giving the illusion that the arboretum was much larger than it actually was. Over 800 trees and shrubs were planted among the circular walks and no specimens were repeated throughout the park. 
and this encouraged the visitor with the aid of a published guidebook to walk around the whole arboretum. This collection of plants were each labelled with their botanical and common name, their history, uses and place of origin, including the height they could attain in their native habitat. And finally, the date of introduction into Britain. Loudon thought the Arboretum would provide not only the breathing zone so desperately needed, but it also offered a form of education with year-round interest. In short, John Loudon was able to address some of his social concerns, but also put his landscape ideas into practice. Undoubtedly, the Derby Arboretum's originality lay in the combination of education, recreation and the provision of better air quality. But more importantly, it helped to keep people out of the alehouses. The Derby Arboretum finally opened its gates in September 1840 and during the three-day celebration it was estimated that over 20,000 people visited the new park. The Arboretum's maintenance was funded by a small subscription and entry fee which were finally abolished in 1882. However, because Strutt had specifically wanted everyone to benefit the park was open to the general public free of charge on Sunday afternoons and Wednesday from dawn until dusk. Joseph Strutt's benevolence paved the way for many more public parks as the century progressed. And in particular, other public urban arboretums were opened in Nottingham, Ipswich, Walsall, Lincoln and Worcester between 1852 and 1859. In his closing speech on the day the park opened, Joseph Strutt said, Only by opening such beautiful places as the Arboretum to the public will people learn to respect and conserve them. Now in 2020, with many of our public parks facing a very uncertain future, I think we must try and remember the wisdom of his words. 180 years later, Derby Arboretum is now listed by Historic England as a Grade 2 star registered park of historical importance. And you can see an image of John Loudon's plan for the Derby Arboretum on the podcast page on my website, adafly.co.uk. And you can also look at some of the letters which I covered last year on my Twitter feed, at adafly.r. Thank you for listening to the Garden History Podcast. Please do join me again for the next episode. And until then, thank you and goodbye.